I got a call from the production company at a certain point. They were like ready to kill training because his body comp is changing so much. He's losing too much weight. I'm like, what do you mean? He weighed 250. He's 249 now. And they're like, what do you mean? I, I go in to see Dave. I'm like, how's your eating? He's like, doing exactly what you said. Go have some of that ice cream tonight that you want. <laughs> okay, my friend. So two reasons you're going to want to check this episode out. Number one, if you have any interest in celebrities, entertainment, comic books, Marvel superheroes, anything from that realm of the universe, you're going to love getting a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to get actors and actresses red carpet or big screen ready. Number two, if you've been doing this for a little while and you just want to hear somebody give you straight talk on what it's like to be successful in this industry and have just a ton of fun, a ton of great back and forth in an episode, you are going to love this show with my new best friend, Don Saladino. Don has coached actors, athletes, and musicians for over 20 years now. He opened his first New York City gym, Drive 495, in 2005. After operating brick-and-mortar gyms for 15 years, Don expanded to a global online fitness business. He's developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood for the big screen. So if you hear names like Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, David Harbour, Hugh Jackman, these are some of his everyday clients, which is absolutely mind-blowing. He's been tapped as a fitness expert in publications such as Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health, Women's Health, and Men's Fitness. And three times now, it was his great honor to shoot the cover of the iconic Muscle and Fitness magazine. And when Don is not just crushing life, <laughs> he lived in New York with his wife, Mel, their two children, Amelia and Donnie Jr., and their pups, Rigatoni and Sambuca, which, I mean, obviously, great dog names. Now, if you're a regular to the show, welcome back. As always, love and appreciate you. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm Mike Robertson, and this is the Physical Preparation Podcast. In this show, we take deep dives into the art and science of coaching, cueing, program design, business, and personal development. Basically, anything to help you become a better trainer, coach, or rehab professional. Now, this episode was really fun for me. Don and I have ran in similar circles, but we've never actually crossed paths. We've ever never actually gotten to connect. So it was great talking to him on this show. We've been coaching for about the same amount of time, and it's just great to talk with somebody that has similar viewpoints on training, on coaching, and on helping your clients and athletes get real-world results. So in this episode, we dive into how he got his start with Hugh Jackman, his first big-name actor, the struggles that actors and actresses deal with in preparing their body for the big screen. This was illuminating for me. I never would have thought about all the rigors, all the toils that go into their body and all the struggles that these guys and gals go through to stay stage ready and to really look great for these movies. So that was fascinating and illuminating for me. And we're also going to talk about how he moved from a brick and mortar gym that he ran for 15 years and has now transitioned into the online space. So, so much great discussion in this show, a ton of fun. I know you're going to enjoy it. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump into this awesome new episode with Don Saladino. Are you looking to make 2024 your best year ever? Would you like a full year's worth of training programs written and done for you? And would you like to dial in your nutrition, recovery, and mindset along the way to help you really level up across all areas of your life? If so, let me tell you about my RTS annual training program. If you're listening to this show, you realize the power of coaches. Whether you're a trainer or coach yourself, or an athlete who has worked with coaches in the past, you know how hard it is to accomplish truly amazing feats on your own. Look, I'm no different. But here's the thing, sometimes you want coaching but simply can't afford a private coach. After all, I realize whether it's in person or online, my private coaching program isn't for everybody. But what if I could still help you in more of a group style program? If this sounds interesting at all to you, my annual training group could be a perfect fit for you. In this program, we go through four three-month phases of training, building the engine, leaning season, athletic domination, and stronger. But the cool part of this program is that it's more than just a training program. Every month you'll not only get a new workout to follow, but we'll also add in monthly challenges where we develop habits with regards to nutrition, recovery, and mindset to help ensure that next year really is your best year ever. 
If you're interested in learning more about the annual training group, head on over to robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. Again, that's robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. Or if you have any questions or concerns or just want to learn more about the program, shoot me an email at mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com and I will answer any questions you have about the program. Okay, that's enough for me. Thanks so much for listening and I'd love the chance to work with you and help make 2024 your best year ever. Don, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Super excited to have you on and finally connect. Would you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Don Saladino. I was started as a personal trainer back in 1999. I worked at a big box gym for about a year, and then I started my own training business in the city. Got funding, raised about five million bucks at a, as a 25 year old to open up <laughs> my first club, which is I don't know if it was just ballsy or stupid, or probably a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> my first club in 2005 which I had 15 years, got in the digital business as well in about 2010, opened another club around there, and just became really entrepreneurial with working with brands and startup companies in the health and wellness space and did it in New York City. So I'm proud to say that. I was coaching, been going in the city for 25 years. And and now, fortunately, I was able to part ways on my terms. And I opened a great facility in Long Island called The Barn, which is 100% private. It's my content hub. And I can work out and travel and be with my family and do all these things I love to do. But I'll, I'll always be a coach at heart, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So talk to me, like, how did you get started in the physical preparation space? What brought you into this world? I'll back up to probably when I was in second grade. I had a bad stuttering problem and a bad hearing problem. And um, I started playing baseball uh, with my dad. My my dad was a pretty good uh, baseball player. He didn't play college. He was a pretty good ball player in high school and started grooming me. We we come from a catering background. My family would work really hard on weekends and (laughs) weekdays, but would have Mondays and Tuesdays off. So my dad come to my games in a tuxedo and a bow tie on the weekends. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, he had me working at a young age. He had me sweeping floors at seven years old. And I started waitering, I think at 13, 14 years old. Back then it was a different time. You're not going to get in trouble with the, with the Department of Labor. But I, I think at that young age, I, I realized that baseball gave me this level, this feeling of significance. And yeah. I saw who are now a couple of my buddies on magazine covers when I was 12, 13 years old, I saw guys like Michael Hearn and Frank Seppi and all these guys who were like, Jack, good looking guys. And I was like, wow, it'd be pretty cool to be that big, right? So <laughs> yeah. I, I'll never forget 10th grade, start training and come back into school. And then all the girls were like, oh my God, you look great. And I'm like, holy shit. And I could do this for to look better for, for the ladies. Like, I'm in, sign me up. Ended up going off to play uh, college baseball for a school called Sacred Heart University, a uh, small D1 school in the Northeast. Um, yep. Fun program. I had a really good four years there. I was a captain for two years. And after college, I realized baseball wasn't going to work out, but could not keep could not keep my mind off of fitness. Like I was just, mm-hmm. I needed to be in a gym. I didn't know what job to work. I was like, well, do I be an FBI agent, a cop? Where can I work out? I remember having a conversation with my mom and saying, what about these trainers? And I'm like, yeah, but they don't make money. And she's like, don't worry about money. Follow your passion and purpose. And that's oh. how it all resurrected for me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So talk to me about the path because people want to know and they know your name obviously they know the things that you've done in your career so talk to me about how you go from oh maybe i can be a trainer to where you're at now give us that career path or that career arc yeah so 99 i went off worked at equinox and it was a really interesting phase for me because i i went and i worked at this big box gym and the first six months you had these young enthusiastic smart group of coaches i think it was about 45 coaches and we were going through the Equinox Fitness Training Institute at the time, which was actually pretty solid. It was ran by this guy, Paul Juris. Um, yeah. And I remember at a young age being like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. But then at month six, they sold, the Erico family sold to a private equity company. And the general manager walked in and looked at all of us and just went, you're all expendable. It was the first words out of her mouth. Oh, my gosh. And it was the worst. Like, And, I, and I've told this story before. It was the worst delivery I've ever heard. But it were rules that I lived by my entire career. And, and I always put that in my back pocket because I realized that in training, you better be able to deliver to the individual progress. You better yeah. be able to deliver to them some type of a solution. And if you can and you get too cute, you're going to get replaced. I, and I think not like to jump forward a little bit, I, I yeah. ended up raising, I ended up fundraising to open my own clubs and I got involved in that and 
the first club we opened was a golf fitness training facility. And you're saying, why golf? My brother was a professional golfer. We worked a lot with baseball and rotational athletes. He went through all TPI level training with Dr. Greg Rose. I was the first level three to go through this. This is like almost 20 years ago. Yeah. We were working a lot with golfers at that time when Tiger was really hot on tour and they were realizing, oh, wow, maybe golfers need to be stronger, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty funny. But I then got approached by an actor by the name of Hugh Jackman because I was already on a couple of magazine covers. Um, I've been on probably at least a dozen of them. I've been on Muscle and Fitness three times, I think, since 2018. Wow. I, was on, I was on Muscle and Fitness, I think, about maybe two months ago. It's cool to have that longevity, but live in the performance physique world. I was always someone that I think my passion's always been strength and conditioning, right? Because I, I, I was always an athlete. I want to move like an athlete. I am right. really concerned with how my body feels and how my body responds, but I also need to make sure that my body looks a certain way. So I lived in this, almost it was like purgatory. Like at the, you know, <laughs> it's like, remember the days when like the bodybuilding, bodybuilders with trash and strength and conditioning coaches or the oh, power, yeah. vice versa. And I'm living in the middle and I'm like, why can't we all just get along type mm -hmm. of thing? And I really just, I, I embraced it. And at the time where you know, everyone's you got to keep a goal. And I was like, I don't really have a goal. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not trained for a bench press competition. I just want to be a savage in everything I do. But right. I won't be world-class at anything. And I'm like, but that's fine. I'll be really good at a lot of things. And then I got approached by Hugh Jackman. And then that's when the floodgates really opened for me. And I started, I probably worked with hundreds and hundreds of A-listers. I was just on the road at Ryan Reynolds last week. Um, him and his wife are probably the only ones I, I, I will travel with because they're like my family. Um, sure. But, you know, that was my path. And that was something now looking back on some people call me a celebrity trainer. I don't, I'm like, all right, call me one. I could care less. It doesn't, it's not like what I do. I'm not for hire now. I have an online community of like thousands of people and I nurture them and I take care of that and I host retreats. Last year, I rented an island in Mexico where I hosted 150 people from over 30 different countries. So wow. I'm really proud of my community. I'm really proud of the attention I put into my community, but my education, my love for coaching, my love for training, that's something that'll never die. But I think the one part of the story that most people don't understand is the amount of time I had to put in to yes. get this level. And if it's 25 years, yeah, I've trained over 40,000 one-hour sessions in my life. I One of my clubs <laughs> is $2 million a year just to keep the lights on. Oh, my I, gosh. My, my monthly taxes at one of my clubs was 15000 a month. 15000 and just taxes. That's crazy, well, man. Well, so much money. <laughs> people don't understand risk. It's like I was a risk taker, and I, and I did it, and I'm lucky to have gotten through it because I had some really dark – times I've almost missed 37 consecutive payrolls. I had Con Ed shut my power down. I had Amex shut my cards down. I, I start, <laughs> but then you got to come onto the floor and be like, oh, hey guys, let's, let's rock and roll. How was your day? Oh, really? Oh, I'm so sorry. Your kid's sick. You got like <laughs> press hitman's waiting in there. Like you just, I'm done with this client before you shoot me. <laughs> you laugh about it now because you get through it. So I, I think that's you know, a, a big part of what a lot of these young coaches are, are missing is that you got to get in there and grind. You yeah. got to get in there. And, and as you, like, I've been hearing your name since probably 2003. We're lifers. We're yeah. in the business a long time. Yeah. But I think, look, like that's just one of these things. Like this is not a entry level nine to five type gig. If you really want to be successful early on, you're probably working split shifts. You're up at four, five in the morning, training people by six. You work a morning shift, you go home, have lunch, maybe take a nap or get a workout in, and then you're back three to seven, three to eight. That's how it works when you're getting started. Nobody wants to hear that, but that's like the honest truth of how you really get going in this industry. Do you remember, and listen, you're from Indianapolis, and, and I can just imagine, like looking back now, 10, 15 years ago, there were days where you're going to your car, it's freezing cold, it's February, you're like, fuck, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Open it to the gym. You're walking in. You're freezing your ass off. You're like, like it's go time. This is no yeah. show. And at your day, you've got personalities being thrown at you all day long. It's not a year. Like you gotta. I, I would tell people go work at a big box gym. Like people call me up. How do I do what you do? I'm like go work at a big box gym for at least a year and a half. Oh my and gosh! I, I say yes. I say the same thing. Big box gym. Like yeah. And then I would say like, all right. Then after that. Start going through internships or maybe while you're there, go to internships, go to Boyle's, go to yours, go to these high quality internships where you can see exceptional coaching and you can learn from exceptional people. And guess what? You're still not there yet.
Then you, <laughs> then you got to get in the ring with thousands of clients because that's part of the game. Like it's, and I always said, they were like, well, what, why do you think you were so successful? I'm like, because I can read people. The second yeah. a client was coming in, I would look at a huge celebrity in Hollywood and be like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> two hundred feet away walking in i'm like all right we're gonna have a good one today and then out of yeah. nowhere the first few minutes i wasn't even talking they'd be like what's wrong i'm like why don't you talk to me about what's wrong because i know you're in a mood well something happened and like you just yeah. psychology the training's the easy part yeah i love that and look like if you go to your website we'll link it in the show notes it's legitimately like a who's who of celebrities, right? And basically the whole Marvel franchise, which is awesome. I'm a huge Marvel guy, except Jeremy Renner, who I know is trained with Ben Bruno. So that's my guy too. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're awesome. Awesome. And you talked about getting that start with Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah. Okay. It's one thing to get your start. It's another to get in there and continue to build and to continue to grow. How did you get started? And then how did you continue to thrive in such a competitive space? So Hugh turned to me and I remember it like, like it was yesterday. I saw Hugh last week because he's shooting with Ryan over in London. He's yeah. working with uh, an exceptional coach. I think she's out of Texas and I haven't met her yet, but I know I see what he's doing with her and she's, he's on great, he's in great hands. But I worked with him 17, 18 years ago. This, no, it was 17 years ago. It was before my daughter was born and there was no real social media. No one was doing social media then. It yeah. Been out, but no one was using it. And I remember he turned to me one day and he's, listen, I want to do some press with you. Really appreciate everything you're doing. Love you. Blah, blah, blah. We had a great relationship. And I said, no. And he looked at me he's, he's <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, come on. Like I'm here to get you ready. I'm not here to do press. Mm. holy shit and i was like let's get down to business let's do what we have to do looking back on it now I'm probably an idiot for not doing it <laughs> but, but no i think that really set a tone my first club drive 495 was at 495 broadway between probably between spring and broom and very expensive i was there for 15 years my my 15 year lease expired may 31st of 2020 oh, wow what an omen right yeah unbelievable all the times i was kicked in the face april 16th monday Monday, March 16th, gyms were, were forced to close and my lease, I had three more months. So I paid PPP money and I was out, but yeah, Hugh was wanted to do some press and I basically was just like, you don't know. And that ended up opening the floodgates. I think then I started getting this reputation. Celebrities would, when I say daily, daily, I was getting calls. I'm in the heart of Soho, you know, everyone from Cindy Crawford to Sandra Bullock to The Rock, everyone was coming in there. Right. And we had no cameras, no autograph policy, no nothing, unless it was something that everyone was like, let's do it. And it had to fall into place. We just didn't allow that. And I think because of that, these people came in and they felt really safe. So suddenly we had these great coaches like your buddy, Cody Benz and yeah. uh, Charlie Weingroff was my head PT for 12 years. And we really had a, we really had a facility of studs. We had a facility of really good great strength and conditioning coaches we we had this team but we also had this culture that i helped create and i think people came in and they just felt safe yeah i would, I would walk in there take a shirt off and be standing in the mirror we'd be looking at him like he said what do you think i need to work on here you're like okay great like, <laughs> you play the the game but it was never really with me it was never about money it was always about supplying people with a service i yes. i live by this law of Make sure they leave the session feeling like you are a necessity over a luxury, right? Mm, and you are, oh, yeah. They're expensive. No, that I want them to be talking about me at dinner and yeah. I want them to be talking about me with their friends and I want them to be talking about my coaches and how they change people's lives. And that's how we lived and then good things came from that. Yeah. It's so funny too, because I've had numerous people, I think we're over 400 shows at this point in time and so many people that have had this long-term or this sustainable success have talked about that exact thing, right? Like, yes, money's important, right? Obviously you have rent and all these things, more taxes than most people pay in rent yeah. <laughs> in, in your case. But look, when the revenue is the only factor in this, those are the people that struggle versus the people that put the service or the client or the athlete or whoever they're working with first, yeah. those are the ones that ultimately see the revenue and have the long-term success. Yeah, I think trainers are so caught up in in working less and making more. I, I had a coach years ago come up to me and he's, I make 600 bucks an hour. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, how many <laughs> sessions do you do in a week? And I'm sure that I've told this story before and it's changed, but I think he was doing like three or four sessions a week. And I'm like, why are you doing three or four sessions a week? That's six, let's call it four sessions. That's 
well, that's 2,400 bucks, right? Is that the math on it or whatever? Yeah. He's, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, why don't you lower your rate and train more people? He goes, why would I want to make, work more and make less? I'm like, for a few reasons. One, when you work more, you're giving yourself opportunity. You're getting around mm -hmm. more people who, who are going to talk you up. I'm like, two, like if someone gets hurt or sick, you're going to lose half of your revenue like this. Right. That's yeah. You in the face pretty hard. I'm like, you need opportunity. I can't begin to tell you how many business opportunities came for me because I just wanted to get myself in front of people. Whether I'm on the Men's Health Advisory Board or I'm, I'm on the cover of Muscle and Fitness three times, it's not because I have the best body on the planet. There's a billion guys out there that are more jacked than I am. It's right. because I played the game and I uh, took care of people and they took care of me and I worked my way up this ladder and I had a story to tell and they wanted to feature me on these covers, which was great for my marketing. And yeah, I, I think coaches now, they're like almost afraid to get their hands dirty and go in on a Sunday for one client. Oh, I have to go in for one client. Yeah, you got to go in for one client. Do that. Yeah. You don't know who you're going to impress. You don't know who's going to turn around and who's going to introduce you to someone. You don't know who's going to be in the gym on that given day. Like, right. It was my gym, but Hugh Jackman was training with a friend of mine who ended up moving. And that's why I got Hugh. Maybe if I'm not there that day working with him, I don't get Hugh and then I don't get Ryan and I don't get all these other people. So who right. knows? And here's the thing too, right? I don't care how much money you're sinking into external marketing, no yeah. marketing is going to trump your word of mouth, 100%. right? So if Hugh Jackman doesn't go to bat for you, like how many of those other dominoes don't fall, right? It's all because you put in the work, you got him great results. And then he's like, yeah, you got to go see Don. Don's the man. Why wouldn't you go see Don? And I think that's the problem that a lot of coaches are having now with online because during COVID, you were in this little bit of this, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but it was a little bit of a honeymoon phase. Everyone's stuck at home. They can't go to gyms. It's yeah, yeah. you've got access. I remember collecting 200,000 emails in a month. Oh my gosh. Emails in a month. Oh my God. All the lives I was doing. It was like, you're, you're not going to do those numbers normally. Let's be real here. Everyone's at home, but coaches, they're struggling now because they want to sell programs and they don't want to nurture these people. And I'm like, no, you still need to nurture. You yeah. still need to be answering DMs. You still need to be going live. You still need to be doing giveaways. Like this month, it's hysterical. If you go to my page, you're probably going to be like, who the hell is this guy? I'm in like, <laughs> I'm in like the Grinch costume. I'm like, yep. I'm doing branding and product. I'm just giving shit away. I'm like, guys, you're going to win anything from Norman Tech boots to cold plunges. I don't give a shit. It's Christmas month. <laughs> Let's have fun. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. And right. then the second Christmas is over, it's back to business. So you've got to nurture and you got to take care of your, your demographic. Yeah, that's such great advice, man. Thank now, you. one thing I'm really interested in is you and I have both been doing this for more than a hot minute now, yeah. right? And we know because we have friends that are outside of our space. Like most people just see the after photo, right? They see yeah. the result. They see a six pack. They see the huge biceps, the curves, <laughs> whatever the case may be. But you and I both know there's so much more work that goes into that, right? So I'd love to hear from you. Let's say somebody brand new. I know you're not taking new people right now. Let's say somebody brand new comes to Don Saladino and says, hey, I want you to get me looking right. We have three months, four months, whatever. What does your onboarding process look like to get somebody from point A to point B? Yeah, first, it's always a, it's always like a health. And even though I'm not a medical, it is a health and medical questionnaire, right? I yeah. want to see if there's any red flags. I want to understand training history. I want to understand, are there any issues? Remember, we're getting into training. We're getting into stressing the body out. I want to make sure priority that they're safe, right? Yeah. And I think it's understanding where are we trying to get them, right? And a lot of times I've sat down with actors in front of the computer and I'm like, all right, who do you need to, what are we trying to create here? Mm. And sometimes it's interesting because they're in prosthetic suits, right? So like Dave Harbour. Yeah prosthetic suit, Zach Levi, prosthetic suit. Like you would ask me, like, why would they need to even train? And I'm like, because the characters within, right? Ryan Reynolds right now, Deadpool. I was with him for eight days. I flew in Sunday and right. we're in London together training. And like, why is, I've got video of him and he looks incredible and lean. And people would be like, why? He's got to look a certain way in the suit. He's got to fit in that suit, but he also has to have this level of confidence in that suit, he's going to be yeah. a character. And if he's out of shape and he's not strong, then what good is it? Dave Harbour, when he came to me, and I'm allowed to talk about this, he couldn't pick up a 24-kilogram kettlebell. His back was so messed up. So we had our team of PTs. Oh, my gosh. Him. 
And uh, we only had nine weeks and I got a call from the production company at a certain point. They were like ready to kill training because his body comp is changing so much. He's losing too much weight. I'm like, what do you mean? He weighed 250. He's 249 now. And they're like, what do you mean? He's, he's not fitting in the suit. I'm like, his body comp is changing. Yeah. His, <laughs> we're doing so. I, I go in to see Dave. I'm like, how's your eating? He's like, doing exactly what you said. Go have some of that ice cream tonight that you want. <laughs> have it tonight and have it tomorrow. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, go eat. Like, it's fine. But Dave, right before he left for Bulgaria, picked up 400 pounds off the ground. Um, wow. On, on a flat back conventional deadlift and he was like let's go i gotta go up i gotta go up i can do more i can do more i'm like you're done i'm like that's it he didn't understand i'm like dave that was probably a 90 percent lift it's enough we proved our point let's move on i'm not sending you off to bulgaria <laughs> blown out back so it comes in you have to look like ryan and blade or brad pitt and fight club i never worked with brad pitt by the way but but i think it's we will sit down and we'll actually look at what are you where do you see yourself wanting to be Right, like, where are you now, and where do we have to take you? And listen, sometimes you get ridiculous requests. I'm like, oh, how much time do you have? And they're like, two weeks. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Stop drinking, go get a tan, and let's just train for the next 14 days, and we'll adjust your macros and see what happens. We'll try and move the needle, but there's only so much you can do. But I think it's understanding where we need to take them, and then getting to know their psychology a bit. Right, like, how are they like this type A? I'm going to run through a wall, and half the time I'm like pulling back that like that like rope to to hold that horse yeah every day they're coming in and i'm like all right how did last night go like two glasses of wine and i'm like come <laughs> on man you have a month like right now what are we working with so that's where sometimes it gets it can get tricky because everyone talks a good game till they come in and then when you start looking at what they're doing you're like but the guy i was with last week he's the complete opposite it's probably ryan reynolds 15 years with him he's like a, he's like a robot so yeah he'll He's one of those people that you got to be like this. But right. I think what people don't understand is how grueling it is, right? Like he's, you're not just him, but someone at that level, you're changing time zones. You're away from your family. We're not working out at 8 a.m. We're working at 4.30 a.m. Right? And then it's in the car fed by 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and you're off to set. And then you are filming until dark. Right. Oh my gosh. Outside and it's lines and it's stunts. And then it's an hour commute back to the house. And then it's breakfast and it's your family on a FaceTime and it's bed. And that's it. And then suddenly, what do I want to throw at you? The writer strike. And then you're running home. And then the production company's losing money. And then they're, they can't, and then they're coming back and they're restarting. And the kids are in school. You're not around your family. And then, oh my God, now when you leave, you're starting another movie in another country weeks later and this is why you've trained more athletes and more human beings and than probably almost any coach on the planet and i, I put myself <laughs> into that category as well but comparing the actor and the athlete it's very different and i, I feel like mm. i can give my opinion it's my yeah opinion. and people are gonna get pissed at me for saying this but if you ask me what is more challenging i'm gonna tell you why i feel like the actor is more challenging yeah the athlete, first off, they are playing their sport all year. Or it's Tom Brady plays football. Tom Brady's not deciding to go play for the Edmonton Oilers. It is whatever, bad example, but you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. like actors one, they're doing sword fight scenes, which they weren't grown up doing. And then they have to learn martial arts for the next movie or boxing for the next movie. There's always this new thing that they have to learn, right? There's yeah. always this... Maybe it's piano, maybe it's drums. And like you, so now you have to start incorporating Sebastian Stan, who I worked with. He's the winter soldier. He played Tommy Lee in the Pam and Tommy story. When I went to see him in California, I'm walking to his house and I'm hearing the drums and he's got his wig on and he's playing drums. Like <laughs> look and play like Tommy Lee. And, and, and that's amazing. His mannerism. So when you've got to throw that type of training, which is non weightlifting type training in with the type of training that you and I do, and you have to now do this in a different time zone with a full cast, a full crew, and out of nowhere, someone gets sick, or maybe someone's mom dies on set and things get delayed, or something breaks down on set and they're there an extra three hours. And now that that 4 a.m. wake up to train at 4.30, now you'd be leaving at you know six, seven at night. Now you're not leaving till nine, and then you're not getting home till 10 and eating, and you gotta do that again. It oh becomes gosh. really challenging and there's no real off season. It's not, and granted Brady had people running at him, trying to kill him. I understand, yeah. 
But Brady knew his game was on Sunday. He knew that Monday he was off for watching film. He knew yeah. this was his vacation time. It was very organized and it was very different. And I think it's emotionally challenging for these actors because they're also playing characters. Right? Yeah. When you're going in and you're playing someone who's evil or playing someone who's emotional or a manic or is manic and you're walking around yeah. they acting crazy or acting de depressed, like this wears on you. So like sure. saying that, that emotional um, aspect to, to it all, I think it's as challenging as physical. Dude, that's such a great like description. I guess I never thought of it like that. Okay. Externally, you see maybe the difference in physiques, right? You got one movie, you got to be really skinny and ripped. The next one, you have to be huge and jacked. Okay, so there's the physical transformation, but like you talked about, the emotional, the mental transformation that goes on. Plus, look, the training is like a side piece to what you're doing, right? Look, I have all the respect in the world for a pro athlete, but at least you hey, two to three hours and you're done. Right. That's not filming all day in a different time zone. Like you said, you're so dependent on other people. That would be really challenging. And it's also like when an actor gets sick, yeah, they're not like, they're not, oh, sorry, I have pneumonia. I, I can't go to work today. I'm just, and I've worked with people on sets in the past where they're getting up and they're like, let's just train. I'm like, why don't you sleep a little bit more? And they're like, you know what? I need this mentally right now. I'm going to be in a bad place. And they're going to set sick. And yeah. it's not like, it's not like they could turn around to a crew of a hundred people and say, oh, I'm sorry, I've got... I'm sick. I've got pneumonia today. We're going to shut the set down. That that could be a lot. Of, so there are people, and then out of nowhere, if it delays them, maybe one of the co-stars is going to get delayed from being able to leave the set to go see their kid in a play or fly home for a birthday. Or This is like a domino effect that no one thinks about. Everyone always thinks of it as, oh, they're wealthy and they have their chefs and they have their trainers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been training Ryan Reynolds for 15 years. This was the only week I traveled with him all year long. He's doing this on his own. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, not that, and it's not that now I'm, I told him, I said, I'm just inviting myself now because he never wants to bother me, but you need me there. It's helpful for us to be working together and I'm going to make it a point to go see him. But it's, I can't begin to tell you how demanding it is, what they have to go through, being on set, having a crew of 50 people standing behind you and having lines. And if you bumble it once or bumble it twice, are people like, no, there's- Yeah, now you're in your own head, right? Yeah, now you're in your own head. And I see it with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. It's incredible. I can't imagine that, dude. I feel bad when I'm just shooting my little YouTube videos with my one camera guy and I screw it up. I'm like, Paul, I'm so sorry, dude. I'll get it right, I promise. Don't be mad. Two weeks ago, before I left for my trip, I came in here one day. You just don't have it, man. Yeah. Like, we got to get this content. We got to get this done. And you're like, like my old stutter's coming out. And I'm bumbling words. And I'm like, holy shit. I just don't, I'm in a bad mood for some. I'm never in a bad mood. But like, maybe I'm in a bad mood that day. And it's just, it's that's another thing too. They're not going to wait for you in that situation. At least yeah. you, Rob or you with your assistant who's doing your videoing, we could turn around and say, you know what? Not my day. Let's just yeah. get up early and do it tomorrow. Or you know what? I'm going to go take a cold plunge. I'll be back in an hour. Or right. a cold plunge in an hour. I'm going to shower. I'm going to come out here fresh. We've got time today. No, they don't no. have that luxury. They're no. doing it on the spot. Everything is, it's all laid out. You've got to get it done. You're on a schedule. So to do that, oh, and by the way, this isn't for a day or a week. This is for four months. Like Marvel movies take sometimes two years to film. Oh my gosh, man. Deadpool, That's crazy. Deadpool's going to take about a year. So think about that. That's a year of your life, two years of your life to come in every day between editing everything and have to give your all to this movie. And then we go watch it in two and a half hours. And we're like, oh, we're yeah, that was great. Yeah. Oh my God. It was amazing. But yeah, I, I, I think when you can sit there and watch a director, if he's a, a phenomenal director, like I saw with Sean Levy last week, and you can watch the process, I think it's almost more entertaining than the movie. It's yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Okay, so you and I both know too that it takes a lot to get a real transformation, right? Like everything has to be dialed in. You've talked about training, nutrition, stress, sleep, recovery, all that stuff. Have you ever had to have like really hard discussions with these people? Because again, they're pros, they're pros, they get paid to do this. But have you ever had those situations like we would have in the, the everyday real world with a gen pop client or athlete? Hey, look, you got to lock this in or this is not going to end up the way you want it to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and How does that go? 
it depends on the individual. Fortunately, now, like I'm, I'm a bit spoiled because I'm working with people that I've worked with for a while. My online sure. community is a different story, but again, they're not always getting up close daily celebrity might, but yeah, you got to have some tough t- discussions and you got to keep it real with them. And I think, again, it's understanding who you're speaking to and how you're delivering it. It's what is a coach? A coach is going to be able to adjust their tone and their mood for each individual to get the most out of that person. And yes. And, and I think sometimes like I've had people, I'm not a yeller, like on the gym floor, I'm almost a little, I'm almost like, I'll just look at you and I'll be quiet and I'll move around and I'll say one thing that's boom, let's get this done. I don't like to talk too much. I, I can't stand that. It's just not my <laughs> style. But I think with certain people, I've had people that I've had to get in a room and slam the door. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It's part of the app because I know they're going to respond to it. Or others are like, listen, man, like <laughs> you got three and a half weeks. We can do a lot in that time. But yeah. you've got to, I-, I can't hold your hand every night. I yes. can't, like you're eating out, like I'm going to menus. I'm looking at this stuff. Like you got to make a decision and take some ownership over this right now. Do you want to do this? Be- because if you don't, like, let's just... Let's get our understanding. And then you got to accept that when you're on the screen, you're not going to be happy with the way that you look. But we can move the needle a lot in three and a half, four weeks. You can do a lot with a body in three and a half, four weeks. You've seen it. This time of the year now where it's like, oh, everyone's doing, everyone's going to do a dry January. Oh, great. It's (laughs) your resolution time. But you see someone in a month who drinks a lot, cut booze for a month. And they're like, I'm like, you look great. What'd you do? Like, I stopped drinking. I lost (laughs) 15 pounds in a month. And I'm like, see that? Yeah. Three months later, you see them and you're like, fuck, you put the weight back on. You're like, yeah. it's like, why? Like, why wouldn't you just keep, you looked amazing. Like your skin wasn't flush. You'd like your joints. You were telling me they felt better. Yeah. Tell me how good you feel. And now you're back to where you were. Why would you do that? Like it just doesn't, I, but I'm sorry, go, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say like, how much of this is just the art of coaching though, right? Okay. It could be actors, A-listers, celebrities like you work with. It could be pro athletes. It could be Jen Pop Mary or Bob who comes into your gym, right? How much of this is just knowing how to relate to people, how to talk to them and how to get the message across that they need to hear that moves the needle forward? I honestly, it's probably 90% of it, right? Because, yeah. Because unfortunately, you see a lot of... I categorize coaches as getting into that emotional aspect of it. Yep. Trainers, I, I think of more of like robots. Like they just, yes. they go off and they take courses and they understand a curriculum and they can yeah. deliver that content. It's But I've seen really shitty, shitty trainers who can't program design to save the life of them get results out of people because they're good coaches. Now, there's a cost to doing business with it, right? Like you'll turn to that client and be like, oh my God, you look great. How's your body feeling? My back's killing me. My shoulder hurts. My <laughs> hurts. And you're sitting there, you're like, oh my God. But yeah, but I feel great and I love this community. And you're like, great. It's better than sitting on the couch and not moving at all. But it really is. A coach is going to, and we've seen this with a lot of group training concepts, not to throw oh, sure. people. Like we've seen people go in and they feel. And because they feel, think about it. You could stick someone on a treadmill and they'll pay you for it. Put it yep. in a class. It's like push-ups, bodyweight squats, pull-ups, sprint for a minute, run, <laughs> a heart rate that's completely makes no sense. Just get as high as you can. And right. you're going to be in – people are leaving there. They, they sweat and they feel. <laughs> yep. right and, they, and it's motivating them. So it just shows that this – to me, it's 100% mental. Yeah. I love it, man. Okay. So I love to think ahead whenever I do these shows and I know the conversation that some people are having that are listening right now, they're going to say, Don, you work with these people and they have unlimited resources, right? They have you and a nutritionist and PT, all that, right? So they're going to say they have all these resources, but here's the cool thing. And I didn't know this. I didn't know you had so many people in your community as well. Yeah. So talk to me, like how are, what overarching principles are there? tied into training, into physical transformation that work for everyone, right? So let's take away the chefs and the personalized one-on-one training with you. What do people need to see real change in their physical transformation? Listen, I've worked with, I worked with a woman that was almost 900 pounds, right? And oh my gosh, she's 872 pounds. They were about to literally, they they had a layer on a meat scale. She's down in the, in the high 300s now. Wow. Six, seven years later. And she never paid me a cent. Like, it's just something I've been helping her out with since then. And yeah. um, guess what we did? We did steps. We just taught her to walk again. 
and we started making better food choices. And then we got her into training. And what did the training look like? She couldn't get on specific things like a split squat, which any strength yeah. coach would say, do that. No, <laughs> we're doing TRX body weight, body weight squats. And we're pushing sleds. And we're, yeah. and we're eventually carrying shit, which in the beginning we couldn't do, right? And yeah. we are going over to the cable machine and we're doing isolation work. And we're doing whatever we can to to gain that stimulus i think at the very least it's great you have a fancy gym you work out of i have a great gym that i work out of but i think people just need to move i think sometimes where it gets challenging is that there's so many options out there for someone to choose from and i don't blame yep. the consumer because they're looking at their phones and they're seeing a man or a woman who looks great and they're like oh let me follow what they're doing and they're not a coach they're an influencer and they're just doing something that might not be suited for them Yep. So and I think that's where you want to go look at someone like yourself or your program or my program or you mentioned Ben Bruno earlier. He's I got Ben to go online. I was like, thank finally, Ben. He's oh wow, this is right. great. Like, I've been telling you for eight years. Right. Ago. I've been telling him the same thing. Come on, Ben. I know. Welcome I, to the club, bro. Welcome to the club. But I think at the very least, most people don't want to want this like maybe you, I or Actually, I won't even say Ben says that. Ben's, oh, I don't love training. I'm just, he's like the rarity, but <laughs> I love training. I'm sure yeah, I know you do yeah. as well. And we love it, but most people aren't going to love it. So what do I recommend? It's know your limit. If, if you're in there for 30 minutes and you hate it, then get out of 20 minutes. So just keep yourself yeah. free. Keep yourself thirsty. Find a good template, something universal, something safe, something that's going to not overdo it with the volume and dog it. I like yeah. I say this all the time, dude. Dog it. Stop with the Rocky type mentality. That's <laughs> my one of my favorite movies of all time. But it sets a bad, it, it sets a good example, but it also sets a shitty example. I'm going to tell you why right. it does is because people think that's what you need all the time. Yes, consistency trumps intensity. Just get in and do some work. Yeah. See, the best part about this is something that I've really been trying to preach to people. One of the things that I think it's not new, but like people are starting to recognize. Oh, conditioning is important. Like you can't just bang weights all day, every day. Like conditioning is important, especially as we all get older, right? We know that conditioning is important for longevity and mental health. And look, I'll be honest. Like I like to work out. I don't love to condition. So I have to find things that make it fun, right? And I think that's one thing that people miss too. Like you have to find ways to make it fun, make it sustainable. So for me, I can't just go out and run for 40 minutes, right? I would literally want to shoot myself instead. And if you like to run good for you, more power to you. I have to find something else, right? I'll do circuits. I'll play basketball, I'll kick soccer ball. I'll do something. So I still check that box. And it's the same thing. Look as trainers too, this is hard to remember because we like to work out. Most people that come to us don't like to work out. Right. We have to just help them. Okay. How can we find ways to, like you said, make this sustainable, make it consistent. So you can ultimately get the results that you want. I learned a lesson from Calvin Klein, like the Calvin Klein mm. years ago. Wow. I worked with him and obviously I, I think he's probably one of the most recognizable names on the planet globally. Yeah. Even to this day, I mean, you imagine 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, but I remember Calvin came into me and I put him through a screening and developed his program and very thoughtful. And he grabs me and he goes, listen, man, he's, I know what you came highly recommended. So-and-so sent me over here and, and I know you're great. I know you're one of the best. I said, thank you. He's, but if you get me on a table, if you have me do breathing drills, if you have me doing mobility for the first 45 minutes of the session, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much I need it. I'm out of here. And I said, listen, time out. Let me tell you how I operate. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get down here for a few minutes. I want you to foam roll. Give me five minutes of foam rolling. We'll do 10 minutes. I call practice, movement prep, prehab, call what you yeah, want. Yeah, sure. The rest of the session, we'll clang and bang and we'll do what we need to do. And you know what I started doing? We started mixing other things in. We taught him the split squat. We taught him the kickstand RDL. We taught him to do, we, we taught him to do specific things that yeah. normally wasn't doing. He was putting a bar on his back and he shouldn't have been. I love barbell back squatting, but he, was not in the place where he should have been doing it. We taught him that exercise selection was so important. And then we were able to take those things and put his foot on the gas and we gave him the response that he wanted. And I think I trained him for three years before he ended up moving. So like that, That's awesome. those are the examples of, and, and you know that better than ever anyone, but I'll see coaches come in with this one size fits all and it turns into a complete shit show. And then the client's upset and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'm interested to hear this one because the other 
portion of this is people would say, oh, these people have all the resources. And other people would say, oh, I'm sure there's been uh, a couple stressful moments along the way and not so much now, right? Because you've cultured, you've created a culture, you have the people that you want to work with. What I'd love to hear is what lessons did you learn from training celebrities? Or maybe what were some of those tougher moments early on? And what lessons did that teach you? You know what? I... First off, they're just people, right? And and yeah. I, I think a lot of times I would see someone would look at that celebrity as the character that they played in a in that movie. Yep. And they're not. They're just John Smith or whatever the Indian name is, right? Ryan's, yeah. Ryan's not really Deadpool. He's not really <laughs> Dan Wilder. He's just Ryan Reynolds, right? I think it's early on you realize that you've gotta you gotta deliver to them a solution to what they're trying to you know, figure out, right? Like you're, you've got to supply them with a, so what I'm looking for here, it's, you got to supply, like they're coming to you for something and you got to deliver to them. As much as I like to consider them my friends, I'm there to do a job. And I think what what going back to that line of you're all expendable, which is the worst thing I've ever heard a human being (laughs) say to a group of employees. It was the truth. Like it it was like, I, I go into work even to this day thinking I'm expendable. And I think because of that, I think there's this level of humility that's set in. And, you know, when I'm on the road, it's like, how can I add value? How can I help? How can I make your life easier? What do you need? Like, yeah, you need some, you're going to be home in a week and you're bummed out that you don't have this piece of equipment or you don't have this here. I'm going to make sure it's there by the time you show up. So you realize that like, I came through for you like that. Right. I've always just someone I'm like, I'm a connector. And I like to always facilitate the needs of that individual. So I think it's that customer service piece is so important for coaches. And the hour's easy, man. And honestly, if you can go take online courses now, you can write a great program and learn how to learn how to teach it. And I, I think you'll become a better coach, not you, but like everyone else will become as time goes on. But I think it's just, again, it's time. Like you're not going to rush that. Maybe when I was 22, there was a lot of things I was doing back then that I'm really proud of now. And I think there's things I'll, I look back on and I'm like, oh, wow, you know what? I wish I knew what I knew now. Like it would have been that yeah. much easier coming with that level of confidence that I have now, right? Not trying to talk too much or get too excited and just understand that Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. But see, like you, it took all those years to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. There's no shortcut. Mm-mm. There's no hack. Like you have to put in the time. You have to get the reps. And ultimately the reward is the confidence. Yeah. Now, hey, look. Yeah, you can laugh at some of the things you did. Oh, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But if you hadn't made those mistakes, if you hadn't put in those hours, you wouldn't now know, oh, this is how I'm supposed to do it. And I earned where I'm at now because I put in those time and reps. 100%. That's why any new coach, I've said this, I think, three times already this show, it's get your reps in. Like, just get on the floor, work with people. You'll have sessions that are just... You come in, you feel terrible. You'll be exhausted. <laughs> I remember doing 13 people in a row one time. And so you just get, but you get into this, you, you got to do it. It's just, learn. Yeah. It, it, it helps you develop thick skin. It, it helps you to dig with, within and to find it coming out of an office when you're running in financial problems and having to show up on the floor and act like you're in the best mood ever. Just come on, let's go. It's about you. you yeah. know, that's something That's something that you got to either, you, you're either born with it or you got to learn how to do it to be yeah. in this business. You cannot make it about you. And there's other coaches out there. They want to talk about themselves and they want to dump their problems. And put the clients, my friend, I'm like, they are, but you're expendable. Yes. Expendable. Make it about them. Just don't like, don't make it about you. Like you said, it's negative sounding. And I'm sure that had to be yeah. super disconcerting when you heard that. Yeah. But like you said, it's a great lesson. And like you said, if it makes you more humble and you approach the session, look, any day this person can fire me. So every day I need to be at my best. I need to give them my best. If you go into it with that mindset, I think you're going to be a way better trainer or coach as a result. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Okay. So wrapping this up here, lots of people ask questions about moving into the online game. Sure. And I think people forget, okay, you ran a brick and mortar business for 15 years and had some success there. So I'd love to hear what did you learn from running that brick and mortar business that ultimately carried over and helped you create a really thriving online brand? Well, I think patience, right? I, I think it was interesting. When I got out of the brick and mortar in 2005, I told you about the background I had with my family working in catering, but came from an Italian family. My grandfather was emotional. My father was tough. My uncle, it was when you got in trouble, you got yelled at, 
right? Yeah. So when I got into the brick and mortar business, I would get vocal with people because I thought that was the right thing to do. So I, I realized that was wrong pretty quick. And I think yeah, <laughs> actually a really good lesson of, was taught to me was by my GM. She worked mm. for me. Her name was Kim and she worked for me all the way through COVID. She probably worked for me close to 12 years. And early on, we were bumping heads. And she grabs me one day and she's just, listen, this ain't happening. And I'm just yeah. looking at her. And she goes, I know you're passionate. I know you're emotional, but you're scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> you're scaring the shit out of people because you're just intense. And she's, I need you to tone it down or, or I'm not going to be here any longer. Wow. Just like, holy shit. And I looked at her and there was just this level of respect. And it was literally one of the best lessons I learned at work. So like immediately, we did not have, I think this was maybe... Let's call it from 2021, because you stayed with me through one year of COVID, 12 years before that. So you're looking at what, 2010, 2009, roughly? Yeah, yeah. That probably happened the first year. We didn't have one fight for the next 11 years. Not even, a, and she became my most loyal employee to the point where I'd have accounting meetings. She'd be on the Long Island Railroad at, you know, 8 p.m. at night to come out here and we'd be at meetings. I'd be putting her back on at 10 o'clock and she just, oh my gosh, you know, I loved her to death. And she, she turned out to the point where even when COVID went down and we had PPP money, we kept her on for a year. I said, listen, I'll let you know by January if this is happening or not. By January, I said, it's not happening, but I want you, I'll keep you on until March. And if you've got a couple of things, you can take me great, but I suggest that you go and look for a job and go take some vacations. And she was like, oh, this is great. She's got a year paid practically. But you know, again, that was a lesson that I learned early on. I think it really calmed me down a bit. And I think getting into this environment now with the online, even though there's thousands of people, I'm in front of these people. So yeah, I'm very patient. I can have the same question asked to me 500 times and I'll stick <laughs> back and give that same answer. And it's just, you get this level of patience and you understand that no one knows that they don't know what you know. That's why they're here. And you have to create this culture and community, which we created at drive. And yep. unfortunately now it's not with a $2 million overhead a year, right? Like your situation. And I think that makes it fun. And I think what makes it even more fun is that you have more of a reach. You can now yes. potentially get out to millions and millions of people and you don't yes. have to open more um, physical locations. You don't have to get permitting. You don't have to deal with landlords and you don't have to yeah. do it. It's like, now you can do it here. I'll close it out with this. One of my consultants turned around, he introduced me at a talk one night, a day. And he said, Don Salvino is a 20 year overnight success. And I started laughing because it was like, yeah. oh, I got kicked in the face so much. And for it to just hit when it hit was fantastic. But again, I'll, I'll never take that for granted. Yeah. I love it, man. Okay. Big question time. Yeah. If, if you could alter the space time continuum, and give young Don Saladino one piece of advice, Woo. what would it be? Um, again, patience, just relax, calm down. Like it just, I was so hyped up and I was trying to control everyone and everything early on and not understanding that everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and playing to their strengths and weaknesses and understanding that if this person's doing nine things that are great, that one thing that they're not doing good doesn't make them, doesn't make it a bad situation. You just gotta either learn to live with it or decide not to work with them. And you learn to live with those sort of things. So I think I've just turned to myself and just say, be patient, relax. It's all going to be okay. You go through some rough times and you think your life's going to end. Every situation where I had my ass on the wall, I look back on now and I'm just so grateful for it. Even those 37 consecutive payrolls I almost missed. It's like going to bed at night, having to come up with 50, hundred grand overnight. It's a painful thing to go through, but it also allowed me to develop this this mental approach to business now and understanding that like, oh no, we got this, right? Yeah. Most people will panic and crumble in my situation. So those things now I look back on and it's, it was like that, told you about that stuttering and hearing problem. If you wanted to go back and fix this now, I we can go back in time to fix this. I'll be like, no, that's, that's what put me in the position to allow me to be where I am now. And um, I think those really tough moments did the same thing for me. Yeah. Those obstacles, those roadblocks really help fortify you. Right. They make yeah. you who you are. 100%. So, okay. Last but not least, lightning round. Five fairly short questions. Uh -oh. Your answers can be as long or short as you like. All right. Okay. Number one. I think when I originally wrote this, I thought you'd only been on one, but you've been on three. So how's it feel being on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine? Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The first one was 2018, I think. And actually it was because of my good friend, the late Sean Perrine, he was the editor in chief of Muscle and Fitness. And I was the last cover he picked before he passed. And we were oh my gosh. friends. And honestly, like I said, there's a million guys out there with better physiques than me. And I would not have been on that cover if it wasn't for Sean. 
but he really he did a great story. He did a great story. And then his assistant, Zach Ziegler, became the editor-in-chief of Muscle and Fitness. And then he got me on the cover a couple of years later. And then just recently, I was on the cover with Frank Seppi, who was one of the guys that kind of moved yeah. me early on. And we had a fun little cover that they unveiled at the Olympia. So yeah, it's been really, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, it's been really special. And it's some, hopefully there's a few more in store. Yeah, I love it. Dude, can I get some tips on vascularity? <laughs> Holy crap, man. The vascularity is off the charts. Sometimes I get this one, but never both sides. Oh, shit, man. I never thought I'd be going back out to Indianapolis. Now I want to come <laughs> hang out with you. <laughs> so we'll do a little exchange, man. I, I want to come check out your program, and you got to come out here. Come yeah, on. for sure. For sure. Okay, number two. Best part of being a dad? God, I mean, everything. It's the best part about being a dad. I think I was saying this the other day. Every year my kids get older and every year like my daughter's 16 she's the oldest and i'm like oh i've never parented a 16 year old and next right. year, i never parented a 17 year old and it's i know getting into these new situations how many kids do you have two uh, how 12 old? and 10 my daughter's 12 and my son's 10 all right so my daughter's 16 my son's 15 and now it's just the conversations where it used to be at a point where you loved every moment of pulling them out of their car seat when they were passed out and sweaty you're like, you're sitting with them at, you're sitting with them at the kitchen table talking about real adult Convers stuff now, real yeah. conversations. And you just like my wife and I, even last night, we just look at each other. We always have that moment where we look at each other. We're like, did she just say that? Like, we just start laughing. <laughs> Everything. They, even though you're their parent, you're their parents, but they almost turn into like your best friends. They're the people Absolutely. you want to hang out with. And even next year, we got a, next week, we had a cool little vacation. It's just the four of us. And just those moments of being together. I mean, everything. Just when we get together and we get into that groove, music's playing. If we're just all vibing together, having conversation, it's the simplicity of that. I love yeah, I, I love it, dude. Okay, I got to ask. I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Is Ryan Reynolds in, as cool in real life as he seems on TV? Because I'm sure people want to hate on him, right? Good looking, talented, yeah, you, beautiful wife and family. Yeah, you can't hate on him. I mean, he's like, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, not to toot my own horn here. There's there's a reason why I, I work with him and his wife. There's, it's, if I could choose anyone, like they're, they're, they've just been, they've helped me on such a level. They've opened their arms and they've done the most unselfish things for me. And they've just go overboard to put me on a pedestal and they've treated me like family and my, my niece has been working for him now for seven years. She's like turning wow. to his right-hand person. And I'm, Sophia, I'm really proud of her. And just to see how he's built his business. But he'll be the first one to tell you it wasn't like this for him 15 years ago, right? Like right. He, was, he was like getting into movies and maybe some of the movies he jokes around about it. They weren't doing great. And he wasn't, I remember him like being interested in getting into businesses. He's, yeah. Oh yeah. You've you know, seen the progression, right? Yeah. And just even the ideas, like I spent every day with him last week and just he'll throw ideas out at me. And then just, he's just there. He's a friend and he's, I, I think the most impressive thing, I'll, I'll let you leave with this, but the most impressive thing about him is the stuff that he does under the table. The majority of the charitable work, the people that he's visiting, it doesn't have to be about a post. It's not about that. It's about delivering for that individual and doing things behind closed doors. And he's done some incredible things for me and for people that I know that were really struggling or might've been on their last leg. And I showed up in the 11th hour and his wife, Blake is, if you're impressed by him, she's unreal. She's, she's yeah. next level. So good stuff. I love it, man. I know we're up against the clock, dude. I appreciate your time. This was so amazing. Oh, fun. Listen, you make me a promise when you're in New York, I'm, I've got your cell, right? So, let's, yeah. so when, when do you plan on being up here? I have no idea, but now I need to make a trip, right? Make a, make a, you always got a place to crash over here. But if you're going to be up in this area, you hit me up. You come out, tra train, you stay with us. We'll have a great time. I love it. Where can my listeners find out more about you, dude? Just my website, donsaldino.com or my um, all my social handlers are, are Don Saladino. Yeah. Perfect. I'll get that in the show notes. And again, dude, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, and send me over some assets and I'll make sure I'll, I'll post it for you. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks brother. Bye. Take care, buddy. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's episode with Don Saladino. Really hope you enjoyed it. Just an amazing human being, so much fun to catch up with. And like I said up top, we have run in similar circles for so long. Obviously, we share a mutual affection for my boy Cody Benz. He was an IFAST intern. He worked for Don. Now he's with the Memphis Grizzlies. Just an amazing human being. But then Derek Hansen, Luca Hasavar. I don't know how we've never crossed paths in our 20-plus years in the industry, but it was great that we did it on this show, and I just hope you enjoyed the back and forth. He's really fun to talk to, really engaging, and obviously uh, pretty easy to figure out why he's so successful with these celebrities and A-listers that he works with. So if you enjoyed this episode, 
I got a small favor to ask me, and we're 400 plus shows in, whether this is your first episode, your 100th, your 400th, please do me a small favor. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with someone that you think would benefit from it. I love getting our name out, continuing to expose my audience to great coaches like Don, like Derek, like Luca. So if you enjoyed today's episode, or really whatever episode is your favorite, please share that with somebody because I would truly appreciate it. And it just helps get the Physical Prep Podcast in, in front of more great coaches, trainers, and rehab professionals. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.